The Homance Chronicles. The female equivalent of a bromance. So many poor choices. But so many good takes. But so many poor choices. <laughs> I wonder what happens if you leave the meeting. Do you think she announces it? This is The Homance Chronicles, and I'm Sarah. <laughs> I'm Nicole. And do you think that if I leave... Yeah, Prior like, to hitting the record button, if she's going to say that this meeting is being recorded? No. If if I, as the attendee, didn't want to be recorded and I was like, nope, leave meeting, would she announce Sarah has left the meeting? Oh, I don't know. I've never had anyone do <laughs> an <bell>. exit strategy. <laughs> like Abort. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know what she says. I guess the world she could, she could, it would be really funny if they were like, if the zoom lady was like they're fucking out of here (laughs) (laughs) or just like would you like to record a parting message oh hell no (laughs) we could could see here for the whole episode and just come up with exit messages oh 100 and they'd be gold they would have to pay us so much money all of them would be trademarked (laughs) billions and trillions of audio views whatever that is I was like, the only thing that would make it better is if they actually used the ones that we said with our voices. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> and didn't have the uh, the robot Zoom lady say them. None of it at all. It's just, <laughs> it's standard fare that you only hear Nicole and Sarah if you exit a meeting because you don't want to be recorded. What the fuck? No, no. Come on, bro. Click. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So there's a show on the Netflix right now called The Perfect Match. I've watched some of it. I am blown away by all of the reality show stars, people, attendees, however, characters that are like in the show that I know from all these other shows that I've watched. It it was like, fuck, this is what it's come to. But all these Mm -hmm. people are so entertaining. I can't stop watching the shit. There's a lot of shows like that right now. Yeah, it's just, uh, yes. And on CBS, they they did a version of the challenge where they had the guy TJ from the MTV challenge host it. But then they had a collection of the various reality show stars from CBS. So it's big brother, love Island survivor. And they like all come together and they competed against each other. So then they had alliances based on their show. They're like, well, I got to stick with my big brother fam, even though I don't like them or whatever. But yeah, so perfect match is a, uh, culmination of several yeah, dating shows are ruthless they're all about themselves like oh yeah one of the guys on there is 100 percent a gemini male to a fucking t and he's like you know all over the map totally being a dick to everybody like it's just remarkable this is why we're, we're con- i feel like this is our modern day soap operas mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm yeah, I just came to that realization. So that being said, check out this transition. Speaking of messy politics, <laughs> she's laughing, I swear. Okay. <laughs> We're covering Alice Roosevelt Longworth today for your host. Okay. <laughs> okay. Let me how tell you how much relief I have when I look at the calendar and I'm like, oh, it's not my turn. <laughs> You know what? I woke up Sunday morning so excited about this that like I actually kind of started doing a little bit of research. 
and then was like fuck I have adulting to do I can't just sit and do this right now I would love to handle my research earlier than I do oh I didn't the problem when I do that though is then I spend too much time and um and I, I branch off into all these different areas and then before you know it I've got six pages and I'm like when did this turn into a full-on history book report oh yeah. but you know like it's so <laughs> because it's like I almost feel as though had history had these little juicy bits of these actual people like characteristics of them and not just whitewashing at all we would have had so much more fun in history class like I actually would have learned and retained shit the drama the tea the crazy what the mm-hmm. fuck is wrong with these people oh um, so yes alice roosevelt longworth the daughter of theodore roosevelt and mm-hmm. alice roosevelt um alice was born february 12 1884 and she actually lived until 1990 1980 excuse me february 20th 1980 she was 96 years old she saw some shit did some shit Mm. saw some Mm -mm, more shit mm -mm. went through some more shit like Mm -mm. she and you know what she maintained this level of notoriety and respectability the entire time she was like you're fucking with my reputation hell hell no (laughs) um (laughs) she did laugh at that again (laughs) on uh the masked singer Mm -hmm. They recently, hopefully this isn't a spoiler for anyone. They recently had Dick Van Dyke on. Did they really? Man's 97 years old. I was just going to say, like, I'm fairly Performed in a gnome costume. He was in a costume? This gets crazier. Dick. He's an OG at this point. He, He was in the gnome costume. And... That way he didn't, he had like more breathing room and didn't really have to like move when he performed and stuff. But as soon as he got out of the costume and was on the stage, he was like, (laughs) he did this thing where um, he was like, I'm 97 and like pretended to be like this stiff old guy person. And then immediately was like doing little dance moves or whatever. And this is is just remarkable. I can't even imagine I, I don't even know if I want to be alive when I'm 97. I know. I can guarantee you I don't want to be because of the state of the world we're in right now. I'm Gucci. I'm cool with another 40, 45 years. I'm all set. Take me home. <laughs> I don't <laughs> know what my my appropriate time span is, but I guess he is in good enough health. I mean, that yeah. 97 is not a problem for him if he's able to go on the amount of money television and perform yes. like... But at 97, you're for sure wearing diapers again. Oh, that bubble right? has either been replaced or it's certainly not working. And that man is wearing full-fledged diapers. Yeah. And I just don't know how long I want to live like that. I don't. That's the thing. I don't. Okay. Well, 96. And it's crazy, too, because she was born in the 1800s. Like, fuck. Like, consider that. Mm-hmm. All you people who were born in the 90s. Mm-hmm. If you make it to 96, what a wild time. Okay, she was the only daughter of Alice Hathaway Lee Roosevelt and the eldest daughter of Theodore Roosevelt, who was the first Roosevelt president. He was the 26th, and he was uh, president from 1901 to 1909. He was, um, 
He was also the vice president. That doesn't matter. So her parents were, um, let's see, from the Schuler family. They were a prominent Dutch family in New York and New Jersey in the 18th and 19th centuries, whose descendants played a critical role in the formation of the United States. I'm verbataming this from the Wikipedias. Uh, so they kind of like were the, the like, uh, east coast northern or like the northeast coast like kings and queens if you will um she did marry into politics too and we'll get into that a little bit later let's see so um we're gonna change it up for this story you know typically we have women whose fathers bail on them somewhere yes, yes unfortunately yes i hope yes i am actually thrilled that you're breaking the the thread yes yes it had to be done in all fairness i did the story because i thought for a moment that one of this like there's a baby broker involved in the story somehow which if you don't know what that is we'll figure it out later but that's <laughs> that's why we're here uh... <laughs> A baby broker. Yeah. Okay. Those are a thing. It, they were. They probably still are, except for now it's called human trafficking. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Anyway. Right? Shit. <laughs> that just went so deep. I can't. I know. I'm sorry. Okay. So two days after her, we're going to get real dark now, y'all, if that wasn't dark enough already. So two days after her birth, her mother, Alice, actually passed away from undiagnosed kidney failure. 11 hours after that, Theodore's mother, Martha Stewart Mitty Bullock, passed from typhoid fever. So he lost two major women in his life in 11 hours and had a brand new baby and didn't know what to do with her. He was so distraught that he almost never spoke of his ex or his, you know, beloved Alice ever again. Um, he would never allow her to be mentioned in his presence and even left her name out of his autobiography. Like he was upset. While growing, yeah, it was really, he loved her so much. Um, while growing up, Alice was never referred to as Alice. She was either called baby Lee until later in life. Then she preferred Miss L instead of Alice. So she was never referred to as Alice in the story. Oh, I'm sorry. In her lifetime. Okay. She was always referred to as something else because of her mom's passing, but I will be referring to her as Alice at some point. <laughs> if not the entire story okay. i tried i tried but it just got real difficult so um her father after she, uh after the deaths of his mother and wife left new york and went on a two-year travel slash hangout on his ranch in north dakota to figure it out and left baby lee to his sister anna who was referred to as bammy or by and she was the great like matriarch of the family and although he left her to his sister he did write letters expressing concern for his daughter and even wrote that he hopes mousykins will be very cunning i shall dearly love her later alice would speak very highly of her auntie stating that if she had been a man she would have been president she stayed with bammy in manhattan until theodore married again so she was with her auntie for quite a long period of time. And I have a feeling that she was like kind of her mom at that point. So mm -hmm. um, in December of 86, 
Theodore remarried to Edith Kermit Caro. And from that point forward, Alice was raised by her dad and stepmom. So she was sucked back into the family once he established the marriage. Do you know how old she was at this point? Um, if it was, she was probably like six. Okay. Still pretty young. Yeah. Six. Nope. Two or three. Yeah. Two or three. Oh, very young, but very young. So it was kind of like she was, it was never really a thing, but it was always, a, her mom was always definitely a sticking point. So it's, she knew. Um, and so actually they had five children themselves, Theodore the third, they called him Ted, Kermit, Ethel and Archie and Quentin. Um, they actually were stayed married until Theodore's death in 1919. During the marriage, auntie was around here and there. She was um, living in London she had married a man for and lived over there for a little bit of time and during baby Lee's growing which I said I imagine her teenage years she leaned heavily on auntie to provide structure and stability while she was having conflict with her parents so she was always the one that was like you know the cool aunt who would mm. just help her out mm-hmm. I um, could understand though that she wouldn't feel like she belongs or that she's um i don't know not feeling very included yeah not yeah it's pretty overwhelming to have that many siblings that are don't share the same mom yeah and not and don't forget they were still very heavily in the world of politics at the time too so it wasn't like the family the mom and the dad were just like going to work coming home they're involved in the world of you know late night dinners and so there's always a lot of commotion happening Mm -hmm. um and Alice and Edith were not really best of friends, obviously, when she was in her teenage years. It was at one point, it was very clear though that and um Edith knew uh Alice Sr. prior to her and Theodore getting married. Um, and she made some snide comments about her. Um, she said something to the fact of, I found your mom to be beautiful but immature. At one point it was said Edith Edith even stated that if Alice had lived, she would have bored Theodore to death. So I have to imagine she was just being jealous in the time, but maybe at, at the end of the day, she wasn't such a nasty human being because, you know, at the end of Alice's life, she mentions good things about her and her stepmom, how they had, you know, commonalities between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but as she aged, the tension with her stepmom continued. She also had long separation times from her father um, he was the governor of New York, at, and when he was, she was very outgoing and self-confident, promoting Edith to propose that Alice attend a conservative school for girls in New York City. And Alice was like, absolutely not. If you send me, I will fucking humiliate uh, She didn't say fucking. She said, and I quote, if you send me, I will humiliate you. I will do something that will shame you. I will tell you. And I, in my head, I was like, get it, bitch. You ain't sending you to school. Uh-huh. So like, hey, get and how dare I mean, her? Do you think that she didn't want to go to the school because it was conservative? No, she or was because... a Republican. She was very much a Republican and conservative for her whole life. She didn't want her stepmom telling her what the fuck to do. Because mm. mm-hmm. her dad never said anything about it. It was Edith, the mom. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like I said, although they didn't really get along so much in the early years because she was, you know, probably a rambunctious teenager who just wanted to rebel, 
she did later on express she admired her stepmom for her sense of humor stating they had liter- uh, similar literary tastes and she also mentioned in her autobiography called crowded hours that she wrote later in life that her stepmom coped well with the situation where she found herself in with baby lee being from another marriage and then you know having to take that on and that responsibility and that emotional baggage as well so okay mm-hmm. cut to 1901 alice is what 24 ish no yes 15 i'm not good at math what year was she born again 84 <laughs> yeah that's she's 16 15. yeah there hey we did it <laughs> thanks go team <laughs> fuck that's embarrassing but i'm okay with it so <laughs> no i always do the math beforehand i write it in there as um now she's 16 years old that's at this point she's yeah <laughs> i because i don't want to be put on the spot to do the math see i didn't think i was gonna math i thought i was just gonna be like in 1901 and then I, my head just now was like but, but how old it was a real-time situation i tried to remedy <laughs> did not work sorry y'all okay so now her dad's actually president and it's 1901 um president william mckinley was assassinated and he was vice president so he stepped into the presidency he wasn't voted into the office and immediately after he was um what is it signed in sworn in alice became a fashion icon and achieved celebrity status but like 1902 1903 um around the age 17 she wore a blue gown and it and it struck everyone so that the color became known as Alice Blue. And there was even a song wrote, written about it called Alice Blue Gown, which I didn't listen to. But it was a thing. She was a stigma, a sight to huh. see. She was actually fucking stunning, too. Just absolutely gorgeous young woman. So um, she loved, loved, loved the attention. Loved it. And... She actually like had some restrictions placed on her because of her father's presidency. And she started to like rebel and just didn't fucking care whether or not it was okay for her to be doing things. Um, it didn't Wondering resonate. if there was a little bit of that conservative school part that she was like, mm, yeah. Nah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, it, it was actually like she was kind of like exactly like her father um as she was resembling her father's attitude she once said of him he wants to be the bride at every wedding the corpse at every funeral and the baby at every christening her outspokenness and antics won the hearts of the american people who nicknamed her princess alice so she was not fucking around she was a sarcastic bitch and everybody knew it <laughs> but loved Yes. She was literally incapable of not doing the world justice by opening her mouth. Like everybody loved <laughs> everything that came out of her face. She was she had witty banter for days and everybody just sucked it up. Encouraged be- it. <laughs> yes. Well, she became quite the socialite. Um, she actually broke a lot of social norms. She was intentionally surveyed surveyed by a Parisian journal. They noted that within 15 months, Alice had, and you ready for this? She had attended 
407 dinners in 15 months. She attended 407 dinners. That's basically a dinner every night. 350 balls. That's a and, ball every day. And 300 parties. How? How? Magic. And you have a clone? Secrets. No, this bitch didn't sleep and probably did a bunch of coke. I am saying this out of my own lens. This came from no source. Not where in place did I cite that this woman did coke. I'm, I have a feeling she partied like a motherfucker, though. I'm just going to put that out there. But you could accomplish that is if you start, if you had multiple parties in one night. And cocaine. Well, yes, but I mean, it, obviously, <laughs> in order to last the whole night. But right. you would need to go to, like, the party, the after party, the after after party. Yes. Because there's not enough parties for there to be one every night. Yes. Okay, okay right. Damn. Of course, there were reports of her going full Prince Harry on us. Wrote that. I wrote that. <laughs> it's a gem. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> oh, I'm so proud of it. Uh. Um, <laughs> but they were proven to be false. So she was never like completely, totally outrageous, but definitely the, you know, journals or the, you know, newspapers tried to make her seem like way more outgoing than she was but i don't know how like inappropriateness i guess is where they went with it all um however she did do these things smoke cigarettes in public rode in cars with men stayed out late partying kept a pet snake called emily spinach after her spinster auntie emily and the color of spinach because and it was the color of spinach she was also seen balancing bets with bookies in the white house so she was reckless for sure, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it was, you know, I guess I, they could make up whatever they wanted and whatever they wanted to say could have been, couldn't have been true. <laughs> when your dad's the president, do you have a certain uh, bulletproof vest of sorts where you can do all of these things and like, what's really going to happen to you? I mean, I guess she had the banter to get her to do whatever she wanted. She could talk to whoever she wanted. Doesn't matter. Do it. Here's another one. On May 11, 1908, she was no stranger to stirring things up. She put a tack on the chair of an unknown, middle-aged, dignified gentleman. And when he sat down, she said, like the burst of a bubble on the fountain, like the bold from the blue, like the ball from the cannon, the unfortunate fellow leapt up in pain and surprise while she looked away. She literally went into this formal area and stuck a tack on this man's seat so he would sit on it and he sat on it in the middle of this fucking session and leapt and went oh is that what he did he went oh i feel like depending on where that attack was it might have been a little bit more than that (laughs) maybe but i can only survey him as i i just feel like he's one of those like really old frog looking men who can't really muster more than oh toad mm-hmm. more a of toad, a, a toad if you will yes so you know so she's, she's i mean at this point she's in her early 20s and she's pulling kind of immature pranks oh, when no, other women in 1908 yes she how is 20. that possible yeah 
So I said she was in her 20s. Okay, fair. And so she was still pulling like, (laughs) 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 well, because she was 1901, she was 16. Mm -hmm. So 1908 means seven years later. So that means she'd be 23. I guess she was 23. Yeah. So my whole point, instead of proving that I can do math, is that (laughs) I I feel like she's doing kind of these immature pranks unless this guy did something to her and she wanted to get him back. Whereas other women were probably on their second baby by now. Yeah, fair enough. Right? Fair enough. This is funny. Um this little happening occurred after she had in the next part of her story. So she was definitely a grown woman doing this shit. What a crazy bitch. <laughs> yeah, it's um, funny to me that you thought that she was a teenager. I wasn't like, nothing, remember? I wasn't <laughs> doing the timeline of her age. Had I done that, I would have probably put this in different order. Anyway, so <laughs> she, one day her dad as the president and his friend and author Owen Winster or Worcester was in the Oval Office. She had interrupted their convo several, several times. And on the third time, which he threatened to throw her out the window, he stated, I can either run the country or I can attend to Alice, but I po- cannot possibly do both. <laughs> so yes, she was a terrorist for sure. Again, I don't know what day, date and time that was. Okay, so rewind to 1905. Okay, this is three years prior to her putting attack on a grown man's chair. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She was asked to go with a delegation led by the secretary of war william howard taft to japan hawaii china and the philippines and korea at that point it was considered like the largest diplomatic mission to date and it was comprised of 23 congressmen including their future husband her future husband nicholas longworth he's coming and seven senators a couple of diplomats officials and businessmen so she like was on a proper business trip on this cruise ship mm-hmm. and she jumped into the full the pool fully clothed and actually coaxed a congressman william burke cochran to join her so she was literal life of the party at all times she was on mm-hmm. a fucking cruise and ended up getting these people to jump in the pool with her you know what they call that nowadays partying no being feminine energy <laughs> Oh, okay. Because you're the fun one and you're carefree and you're just living in the moment. Oh, girl, you do you. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, she ended up getting this fool to jump into the water with her. And then, like, like I said, her her, um, fiance, fiance was on the trip as with her as well. They reported about the happening the occurrence after the fact you know when they got back and the rumors came around but when they reported it they stated it was with her then fiance longworth <laughs> she didn't get engaged to him till after the cruise and she was 22 um later bobby kennedy would also tease her saying the incident was outrageous for the times to which she replied it would only have been outrageous had she removed her clothes <laughs> a fair point yes also i don't think that i would want to get all of those clothes wet can you imagine how heavy it would be to carry around a full skirt and corset 
and everything that's soaked. Yeah, she's apparently jumped in and like her her women's undergarments, which were oh. the same as a bathing suit in that. Era. Right, right. So it right. was the same thing, I guess. Okay, because I'm like, you would drown, actually, yeah. if you jumped in with what the women okay. had to wear back then. <laughs> Imagine, like, also being on a ship full of same pe- like, people you see every day for 30 days and fucking getting up and putting that whole get up on to impress them every day for 30 days. Like, who are you playing? Let's not. That's not Mm-mm. necessary. Mm-mm. So, um, yeah. Nicholas Longworth III. Jumping right in. He's from Ohio. Ugh. A prominent ba- family in Ohio. Uh, and he was 14 years her senior. He was also noted to be a playboy in the D.C. area. They traveled in the same social circle for several years, but solidified the relationship during the what they call Imperial Cruise. They got engaged in December of 1905 and married in February. Right around her birthday where she turned 22 it was a social event of the season and they had more than a thousand guests with Jesus yeah with like thousands more at the gate hoping to catch a glimpse of the bride she wore a blue dress and she cut the cake dramatically with a sword borrowed from a military aide in the attendant in attendance so you know putting on a fucking show da 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 I'm looking at the Theodore Roosevelt Center.org. Oh. And there's a wedding picture from the day that she got married. Mm-hmm. In her blue gown. Well, you can't tell it's blue because the picture is like a sepia, you know, it's antique looking. Yeah. The husband, Nicky Boy, he is bald with a mustache mm. and looks just slightly younger than her father Mm. and her father could not look more displeased yeah well is that is this part of the story because he's literally standing in this photo with his body language he is leaning away from the couple and has his hand on his hip (laughs) i have no idea but i have to imagine Theodore wasn't super thrilled just because of the way she acted throughout the rest of their marriage. Oh, okay. So, Miss Thang. They immediately left the wedding, went right into their honeymoon in Cuba. Then they visited the Longworths in Ohio. And then they traveled to England having dinner with King Edward VII of the United Kingdom, Kaiser Wilhelm II of Germany, George Clemenceau, Whitelaw Reed, Lord Cruzon, and Williams Jenning Byron. I don't know who any of those people are. I copied and pasted, but they're affluent in that time, in that era, all the lords and the kings and so on and so forth. So she mm-hmm. was definitely still very much making the rounds. And because her husband was also in politics, you know, she was doing her thing. So um, she was a bad bitch for multiple reasons, but this is one I fucking love so much more. Than I think that out of anybody ever. I just, I love this about her. Uh, she stayed very tried and true to her beliefs. Uh, in 1912, it was an election year. She supported her father's Bull Moose presidential candidate. So the Bull Moose presidential, uh, or the Bull Moose party was actually sucked into the Republican party eventually. It was a conservative-ish branch. And his running mate was actually of the Republican party. 
um, her husband did in fact support the mainstream Republican Party candidate, William Howard Taft, running for re-election. Um, her husband actually almost lost his house seat in the Democratic to the Democratic challenger, Stanley E. Bodai. And that's or Bodle and all that's important in a moment. Um, so even in his own district, in Longworth's own district, Alice stood on stage with the VP candidate, Harry M. Johnson. And she jokes that she caused her husband to lose by 105 votes, stating that she was worth at least 100 of those votes. Although, overall, he was in fact reelected. That caused a huge ripple in their marriage, and he never forgave her. It didn't matter, though. She was stepping out on this motherfucker regularly. Like, like regularly. why would she brag about not helping her husband be the successful? Queen. I don't know. I have to have a I have a feeling at this point, the marriage to this man was a literal fucking move that nobody understands because of the way she spoke about it, her bravado about him, like in general, I didn't really find anything where she was like, I love my husband. It was more or less just like, I'm awesome. <laughs> Well, that's why I said I'm looking at the picture. It definitely, I don't. It doesn't seem like there would have been uh, lots of chemistry and sparks flying. I, yeah, I really, truly do not know what's going on. That's weird. That. That's super weird. Why would she want to be like, "Haha, motherfucker"? I right? was, I was, uh, you know, the the reason for a hundred of those. <laughs> I mean superiority complex at this point i really don't know but i'm here for it i find it to be fucking hilarious you go girl very interesting uh, it's so good though it's so good so yeah she stepped out regularly on her husband and had an ongoing affair with senator william bora it was general knowledge in the washington dc area that she and William Burrow were a thing. I have to look at this guy. Yeah. So later her journal was reopened for historical research. It stated that he was actually the father of her daughter, Paulina Longworth. Alice was fucking brutal. She stated, or, and she, she was brutal and renowned for her brilliantly malicious humor. She stated she originally wanted to name her daughter, Deborah, as in Bora, and according to the family friend, everybody called Paulina Aurora Bora Alice. Oh shit! <laughs> like the Northern Lights. Uh-huh. Uh huh. How do you spell this guy's last name? B O R A H, like as in Deborah. Got it. Yeah. Okay, I thought that was pretty good. That's very tunning. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so Paulina's born. Time passes. The Great Depression hits, and Alice turns to like tobacco adverts and publishing Crowded Hours, which sold so well that Time actually praised it. Um. Yeah, and Socian 
vitality it's insouciant what is that what is that word define it for me please <laughs> showing a casual lack of concern and indifference an insouciant shrug i'm so probably enunciating this wrong but uh yeah they praised her for her casual inability to give a fuck so um let's see i wrote well william taft won the presidency and the roosevelts had to move out so eventually her time as america's princess came to a close this bitch buried a voodoo doll in the front of the white house's front yard in honor of the first lady lady nelly taft like wasn't fucking around i don't know what the beef was with her but she did that she did all of that uh so the white house actually barred her during the taft presidency she was not allowed to attend anything at the white house until the presidency was over um she was also mm-hmm. she was also barred in 1916 by woodrow wilson's administration due a due to a body joke at wilson's expense which i couldn't find so she was she was just reckless still what'd you find deborah is he cute um no he's not cute but he does have all his hair yeah well there's that oh didn't give an age difference on him either okay so alice was actually tied to politics her whole life like i said in her early years she was republican to the core she supported her half-brother theodore roosevelt jr when he ran for governor of new york uh, in 1924 but when franklin d roosevelt ran for president in 32 she publicly opposed and in october she wrote in the ladies home journal that politically his branch the family and ours have always been in different camps and the same surname is about all we have in common i am a republican i'm going to vote for hoover if i were not a republican i would still vote for mr hoover at this time so she opposed uh, Republican candidate, and she claimed she'd rather vote for Hitler than for FDR's third term. <sighs> she was reckless. In 19, or I'm sorry, that was for 1940. In 1944, she demolished Thomas Dewey, the opponent to her cousin Franklin, by comparing the pencil mustache Republican to the brig- the bridegroom on the wedding cake, and the guy lost two consecutive presidential elections because of it. <laughs> He could not shake the fucking image. Didn't matter what he could do for the country. He looked so funny. Nobody could get that out of their head. Destroyed. Him. Oh, wow. She fucking was the roast queen before roast battles were a thing. I feel like she was a Chelsea Handler of the politic era, if I'm going to go there. Right. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. appropriate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. Alice. Bitch. Okay. <laughs> like so she gets banned from the White House twice. Yeah. But do you think she cares? No. Like that's, she that's proceeded. The, yeah, that's the thing about her and Chelsea Handler that has a has a common thread for me is that the audacity. The, <laughs> they just don't give a fuck. No. Like and- she was she's like, I'd be fine if I never had to come back here again. Great. Ban okay. me again. Fuck yeah, it. It's fine. No, it's okay. Somebody else will be here and I'll be back. Don't you worry. Like she made it a point to ensure every president from that point forward knew who she was 
and she ensured that they were acquainted personally. So she met every president from that point forward and made an impact or had an impact on every single one. So um, we're going to dig a little bit into her daughter, Paulina. Paulina married Alexander McCormick Strum, with whom she had a daughter. He died in, at 51, at the age of 51. She died at the age of 57. From, Whoa. From uh, sleeping pills. She OD'd on sleeping pills, supposedly. So I think that Paulina and her husband were kind of not in the best situation uh, at all. Because well... <laughs> Alice had spoken to Paulina about who would get custody of the daughter if something extraordinary were to happen. So I don't know what's really going on. Alice voodoo dolls is what's uh, voodoo dolls. (laughs) So Alice, they didn't really mention her being a great mom, but she did Mm. have Paulina. Mm-hmm. They do mention though that she was a wonderful mother to Paulina's daughter. Mm. So after Paulina passed, Alice fought for and won custody of her granddaughter. They were very close. She doted on her granddaughter, and in an actual article from American Heritage from 1969, the granddaughter Joanna was described as a highly attractive and intellectual 22-year-old, and that was called a notable contributor to Ms. Longworth's youthfulness. The bonds between them are two are twin cables of devotion and healthy respect for each other's tongue. Ms. L-, Ms. L says a friend has been a wonderful father and mother to Joanne, mostly father. So she took it upon herself to really just be the best mom. She wasn't apparently for her daughter. It still doesn't sound like there was a very soft side. If the no. friend is quoting that she was the best father. That means she was giving her advice like, you'll figure it out. <laughs> or she was lending her to more of a business mentality over a homemaker mentality. <laughs> right. Something. <laughs> she was opposed to JFK in the 1960s because, again, she was Republican, um, but became very enamored by the Kennedy family and learned how amusing and attractive Dems could be. That's a direct quote from her. So she developed a touch, rela- a touch relationship with Bobby Kennedy, but it is believed his skin was too thin, so the friendship was strained. So she made fun of him a lot, and he did he couldn't handle it. Mm-hmm. Or Bobby's little ego. Mm-hmm. Um, she even admitted to voting for Lyndon Johnson over Barry Goldwater. Lyndon was Democrat because Barry was too mean. She said. She also became close to Richard Nixon, and when he was president or he served as pallbearer at Paulina's funeral. After he lost to Eisenhower, Alice kept in touch and encouraged him to re-enter politics, inviting him to her famous dinners, to which he repaid her by inviting her to his first formal White House dinner and to the 1971 wedding of his daughter, Trisha Nixon. She loved a show, apparently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Loved a show. Mm-hmm. And I name not- drop. I am not a crook. (laughs) However, at the end of the Watergate scandal, the friendship ended. Um, Oh, yes. Specifically, though, when Nixon quoted her father's diary, 
Only if you've been to the lowest valley can you know how great it is to be at the highest mountaintop. She was fucking furious. She spat at her TV. How dare he compare his early departure and face possible criminal chargements or criminal prosecutions and impeachment to her idealistic, her idealistic young father's loss of his wife and mother on the same day to illness. So he basically said he quoted her father to like capture a moment yeah relate it to the severity Mm -hmm. of the moment when he fucked up for watergate Mm -hmm. and her dad lost the mom and the mom at the same how read she was like that's too insensitive even read the room dick read the room right he really put it to her so she Mm. was not she was not cool with that um, she was cordial with Gerald R. Ford, but perceived a lack of social grace on Jimmy Carter's part. So she declined meeting him. So Gerald R. Ford was the last president she met with. Um, <laughs> he was the last sitting president in her lifetime and in her passing, the official statement marking her death from President Carter, he wrote, she had style, she had grace. And she had a sense of humor that kept generations of political newcomers to Washington wondering which was worse, to be skewered by her wit or to be ignored by her completely. Damn. Uh-huh. She was not fucking around, Carter. So in 55, so we're going to do a little bit of here and there now. So in 1955, Alice actually broke her hip. And in 56, she had a mastectomy. So she had a single booby taken off. When she was 70, she had her other booby taken off. And she actually was, you know, pretty ill at the remainder mm. of her life. Um, she ended up passing in her embassy row house on February 20, 1980, eight days after her 96th birthday. She had emphasized that means that she spent like what almost 30 years ill? Essentially, yeah. Ugh. Yep, she had emphysema and pneumonia. She had other chronic illnesses joining the party, but they never really mentioned all of them. Um, she was, I think she is still the longest lived child of any U.S. president. Mm. And that is the story. Well, if you can't live a long time off of piss and vinegar, what can you <laughs> live a long time off of? <laughs> Precisely. This woman <laughs> prevailed for 96 years to fucking terrorize U.S. presidents coming into <laughs> office as if she was, like, the fucking matriarch of everybody. Like, that's why I love her. She was, like, the welcoming committee. Oh, you're the new president? Nice to meet you. I'm Alice. You Let fuck me chop you down out? one. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, they call me Miss L. My mother was Alice. We don't say that name. You know what I mean? Like, she was just mystery, intrigue. And so, for real, for real, I wonder truly if there was a baby broker at any point in time involved in this story in her life, because there's so much hearsay around it, but I just can't place it after doing the story. I can't. Mm. Whatever happened to her husband? Did they ever get divorced? That's a good question. I think so. They were clearly displeased with each other. they They weren't in love. That's for goddamn sure. What did happen? I mean, at some point he died, obviously. I just didn't know if they they had officially ended the relationship. 
if at some point he was like, I'm over this shit. Right? <laughs> I mean, genuinely, truly. I don't know. Mr. Well, Longfellow? He, was, he did cheat on her, too. Because, you know. Oh, was- well, it sounds like it was a relationship of convenience. 100%. Yeah, no, it was, they don't, they don't really say, okay. of course, the two places I looked, but <laughs> like I said, it was either start on Sunday morning and do not do any of my adulting or complete it after the fact. This is what y'all get. You want another more? You go fucking look her up yourself. <laughs> Okay. I'm just kidding. What was his first name? William. William Longfellow? Mm-hmm. But the guy she cheated on with was a William too, right? Oh, I'm sorry. Nicholas Longfellow. Okay. William I like Bora. Bora. Nicholas Longfellow death. I'd... Also, are we supposed to have a a tornado ice storm right now because it looks like there's going to be a tornado but it's also icy and cold out i don't know i still have ptsd from not having power from the last ice storm Ugh. he was long fellow the third by the way okay because i was like it says his death date but it was it would have been before he was I almost said it out loud and then I was like, oh, that's not let right. me let me math here. Um, yeah, I don't know. This is not easy to find. So Nicholas Longworth was the father of American wine, the American wine industry, too. Nicholas Longworth, not Longfellow. Yeah. Did I say Longworth? No. Longfellow. You, you, yeah. So Mr. Longfellow here. There's not a lot. She must have just totally overshadowed him for me to have to look this hard in Google. You know what? I could also just be fucking up his name. But no. Last name, too, is Longfellow. I love when we do research on the fly. Longworth. Oh, Longworth. That's her last name, too? Longworth? Uh-huh. Okay. I think her... Shit. I don't know. Hang on a second. Let me look at it. Oh, up. yeah. It says former Speaker of the United States House of Representatives, Nicholas Longworth. He died... Died at 61 years old. April 1931. Of pneumonia. So, I mean, if she's stuck with him, that means that they were married for like 40 years. I honestly don't. I feel like that's why they didn't say much about it. It's like the, the relationship petered out, but they never got a divorce or whatever. So they just continued to be wed <laughs> even after. Okay. Yeah. Well, no wonder Google wasn't bringing it up because I was typing in Longfellow. Yeah. I think her name is Longfellow because of her mother. Mm-hmm. 
Longworth halfway leave mm. Roosevelt. Nope. Mm -mm. Where did Longfellow even come from? I might have made that up. <laughs> I was going to say, it's either you or me. Some of us fucking, one of us did it. We, uh, the people who are listening are like, oh my God. I know. It's fine. We're fine. It's all good. Uh, We're just enduring our second ice storm. Nicole's got PTSD from the ice. Can't take these dogs on a goddamn walk. All the things, you know, all the things. Right. So it says she was married from 1906 to 1931. And you just died. said he died. So yeah. they did not get divorced. Nope. She was like, well, I'm a ride or die. It's chill. And she never remarried after him either, which I don't feel like she needed to, honestly. But yeah. She probably didn't feel like she needed to either. <laughs> she definitely had like a lot of cousins and family in politics with her. She had several books that she wrote or are written about her. Um, her daughter is gorgeous. Paulina Longworth Sturm is gorgeous. Yeah, she was gorgeous also, though. Um. So there was a couple of like things at the end of Wikipedia that were about her wit, which I just I kind of enjoyed. So I'm just going to read this verbatim. One of her quotable comments, Alice's most famous found its way uh, onto a pillow of her set. If you can't say something good about someone, sit right here by me. To Senator Joseph McCarthy, who had jokingly remarked at a party, here's my blind date. I'm going to call you Alice. <laughs> she sarcastically said, Senator McCarthy, you're not going to call me Alice. The truckman, the trashman, and the policeman on my block may call me Alice, but you may not. She informed President Lyndon B. Johnson that she wore a wide-brimmed hat so that he couldn't kiss her. When a well-known Washington senator was discovered to have been having an affair with a young woman less than half his age, she quipped, you can't make a souffle rice twice. <laughs> she oh, said wow. in a 60 Minutes interview with Eric Severed, televised on February 17, 1974, that she was a hedonist. <laughs> At least she admits it. Yeah, there's that. It's a, she's a riot, a full ass riot. And she made it a hundred years. She terrorized people for a hundred years. <laughs> and she was in cahoots with everybody. She knew the queen. She knew all those different royalties. She was just all over the place. She knew everybody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you're deemed a socialite and somebody of importance when people are starting to uh, give you their attention over your fashion choices when you're 16. Right. She was also like she was given pets like her. She had a chihuahua. She had a Pekingese um, and they were given to her by like, you know, the respectful people of the regions. Like the Pinkanese came by, uh, came from Chinese Empress Dowager Sisi in 1905. Fucking butchered that name, but you know what I'm talking about. There was pictures of her holding small dogs. Yes, tons of them. I, I did find her holding her snake. Oh, yeah, I already forgot about the snake. Oh, man. I don't know how you could. There's a lot going on. I didn't even remember the last name correctly. Emily spinach. <laughs> it was a gardener's steak. Uh, 
That was a good one. Thank y'all. Pretty good time. I didn't expect that. Right? I love that she was the queen of rebellion. Yeah. And the president's daughter. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what do you got as far as Atta Girls for this week? Well, I will say I have continued my stretching home nice <laughs> so that's one of my added girls good continue to hip stretching yep and the other um i shoveled the snow and did not fall i mean that's a huge accomplishment <laughs> what i didn't even see snow oh no i only had ice no no over the weekend we had snow 100 yeah we get snow up here <laughs> we're a little north remember <laughs> 45 minutes it's enough to get I know I think it's crazy too like as soon as I get down by your house when I'm driving to work the weather clears up there's no snow the roads are fine as soon as we get past like you know a little bit north of you it's a fucking nightmare it's crazy takes me like 40 minutes to get from my house to you and then you know normal time for everything else (laughs) I I didn't realize that it had snowed enough nearby to actually bust out a a shovel a whole a whole shovel and so i did the whole driveway and it was a sheet of ice underneath so i did the like skate and shovel move Mm -hmm. thinking like for sure i'm gonna bust my ass why am i doing this but i kept doing it i was like all right i'm young i'm hip i didn't break anything i didn't even fall so i'm feeling pretty good you know all right all right and a girl flex on (laughs) y'all Yeah, I mean, my other girl is that um, mentioning my current impending PTSD from having power out (laughs) um, with my power outage situation, I did remain very, very calm. It was an odd, odd experience because typically when your power goes out, there's a flickering, there's a warning. There's like a flash where your clocks go out and it comes back on or something. Oh, like the little right? brownout, but like the yeah, yeah, preamble. Right. Well, I was just sitting on my couch tooling around on Instagram and the the power went out so smooth. It was like <laughs> all of a sudden I'm just in there in the dark. And I'm like, okay, well, this is fun. I didn't think I was going to lose power because when most people lost it, I still had it. Mm-hmm. You and always so had I, your power when I lost my fucking power. I lost right. my power one day in the middle of a sunny Saturday afternoon. Ugh, I hated it. Yeah. Well, I think what happened is they actually turned my, the power off from my neighborhood to work on lines for other neighborhoods that were out actually yeah. because all the businesses around me had power oh that's irritating as fuck like i just looked down at the corner and i'm like oh it's all lit up that must be nice love that oh um it was like midnight on thursday going into friday and just (laughs) oh i didn't even react i just was like okay is what it is and then on friday I was like, this is my excuse to just be very chill and not be all up in like 
work and whatever. No, that's not what happened. Mm -mm. There were between 600 and 700,000 homes in the Detroit metro area that did not have power for days. It was the biggest power outage in Michigan in a very large amount of time because of this. There was the first ice storm in like 35, 40 years that knocked out power. Yeah. And um, (laughs) so I'm I'm responding to emails saying my power is out. Yeah, it could take me a minute to get back to you because my phone was almost dead. So I'm charging my phone with my laptop. Oh my God. But my laptop, I can't plug into anything. It's also almost dead. And I don't have Wi Fi. So I'm trying to use data, but so is everybody else. Mm-hmm. So that was real slow. Yeah, so, cute. um, I ended up having to go to a coffee shop and actually answer all these emails and and try to find a way to work. And then I had to find a place to stay. Yeah, I don't. I got a notification that it was under 55 degrees in my house. So I'm happy none of your pipes froze. No, it's it wasn't that cold, but I also left the water uh, doing like a fast drip. That's smart. See, people, you learn things from us. Smart moves. <laughs> yes, if you've made it all the way to the end, there's the <laughs> one golden nugget for you what to you take know? away. If you've made it, how come they had not get that? They don't listen to every last thing we say ever. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your one golden nugget is to leave your water with like a fast drip to prevent it from the pipes from freezing because. The other option is to obviously close off the water valve so that there's no water source and you just run the water to, until the pipes are empty. However, that requires you to be able to like see and right. probably have multiple people. Yeah. And also it sounds way less easy than just turning it on a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, my Atta girl is that... Um, survived all of that no freakouts very chill very calm um went back to life as normal for the most part now yay i know right i'm excited for you and i know you you had a refuge i'm glad i didn't have to bounce around to places that's another thing that would have been annoying no couch surfing right right so yeah there we go so if you liked what you heard today, please rate, review, subscribe. You can now buy home and stuff on Etsy. You go to etsy.com slash shop slash Nicole Bonneville. And you can follow us on Instagram at homeans underscore chronicles. You can join the judgment free zone on Facebook. It's our closed group where it gets a bit nasty. And um, you can request a hoe of history for us to do by emailing homeadspodcast at gmail.com. Did you hear her? No, I did not hear the dog. She just face gremlin all kinds of noises at you guys. Oh, mm-mm, I didn't That's pick up. Well, a little podcast pet action for your day. Huh? It's out. Homeads out. <laughs> <laughs>